Hello and welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. The last show I did with Brad Burton, the UK's number one motivational speaker, was fantastic. The feedback I got was tremendous. I've never had any feedback like that before from any podcast. It was was brilliant. I answered all your emails. I got tons and tons of emails about how he really helped change people's lives and he really helped me. Uh, look at life a different way just through Tottenham for about uh, 45 minutes so if you haven't heard that yet it's on the Boxing Life website uh, it's on iTunes SoundCloud fantastic now we're on Instagram thanks for everyone who's been following we've getting I think 800 followers so far in, in a week so thanks for that and what we're going to do if you are listening to this podcast on your phone if you can take a picture of where you are listening to it and post it on Instagram and tag us in it at Box on Life or hashtag Box on Life we're going to send a free t-shirt out to the best post that we get so a little competition for you <laughs> make it a good one today's episode this is a little disclaimer that's why I've never really done this before before a podcast but like I said a little disclaimer we've got Holly Randall on who's a fantastic guest I absolutely love doing this podcast I actually learned some stuff from Holly in the sex industry <laughs> if you're easily offended turn this podcast off now if you are a child under 18 turn it off now we'll see that now now if you're a child under 18 and you hear me say that you're definitely not going to turn it off you're going to keep it on and <laughs> I, I would if I was that age after about 10 minutes or so we get right into it in this podcast we talk about porn stars how much they get paid mistakes they've made talk about penis sizes fetishes celebrities that Holly's mom's slept with. And Holly just really gives us a, a look inside of that industry that most people don't know nothing about, but is a massive, massive industry. And she is one of the most successful people at doing what she does. She's a pornographer, a, a director, a producer. She really opens up and tells us all sorts of stuff about her, like <laughs> personal stuff, like how being in the porn industries affects her sex life. And you can hear her tell you how it's made it better and why. So like I say, if you're easily offended, now is the time to turn it off. Alright, enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries and Glenn Holmes. How's, How's it going, going Good, good. 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 Yeah. And today we've got a very good guest. It's the first time we've had a female on the Boxing Life Podcast as a guest. She is an adult entertainment director, producer, videographer, She's worked for Playboy, Hustler, and uh, a lot more. It's Holly Randall. Holly, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's great. So I've just read up a bit on your Wikipedia page. You started photography when you were 12 years old. I did, yeah. Um, photography has always been a big part of my life, my entire life. My mother was a photographer, so um, it was something that I was always surrounded with. But I didn't start taking classes until I was 12, and I remember distinctly like the very first time I developed an image in the developing tray that I was just hooked. Like the minute right. I saw that that photograph start to develop, I was just like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing. And from then on, I knew I wanted to do photography and I wanted that to be the rest of my life. Wow. So I feel very fortunate that I knew what I wanted at such a young age. That's kind of answered one of my other questions there because I was going to say, I know your, mo- your mother, I'm going to say your mama, your mother was a, a very well-known photographer and she was in the same industry. So, some children, they do what the parents do because that's what the parents want them to do. Right. But that's what I thought I was going to ask you. Is that why you do what you do because of that? Well, I, 
I mean, photography was just like a natural affinity for me. Um, maybe that's genetic because yeah. obviously, you know, my mom's really into it. Um, it was not anything that she pushed me into specifically. She wasn't like, you should learn photography. But obviously when I started taking it up, she was encouraging and she was very helpful. Um, but they never, it's funny. My mom always had this dream that I was going to become like a famous writer. Really? Yeah. Cause that was like my other love was like literature and books and writing. Um, so she actually never really wanted me to come and work in the adult industry, but my dad did because, um, they, so basically what happened was I was going to Brooks Institute of Photography. I was about 20 years old and I was thinking about getting into like fashion or something like that. And, um, my parents had just launched their website, Suze.net. And this was back when you like made money on the internet, like back in 1998. And they were just killing it. Like we were just getting like signups like left and right. And they didn't even know how to manage it. Making so they, money in doing what? Uh, well, they had a membership website called um, Suze.net. Because my mother is a pornographer. My parents are pornographers. Right. So that's how I yeah. got into this. Um, and my mother, since she had been shooting since the 70s, she had this enormous private library of content that like nobody else really had. So she had all this material to put up. And she already had a pretty big name. So, and back then, this was bef- like when you were talking like dial-up speeds. So, like video yeah. wasn't really a thing on the internet. It was mostly photos. And because my mom was a photographer, it was the perfect time for her to kind of enter that world. And so they asked me to come back and start helping them out with the website. And I was feeling kind of stifled at Brooks. I didn't really like it there. And so I agreed. And I moved back to Los Angeles. And I started just working in the office. And then... It just kind of naturally progressed from there. I started shooting, and then it just kind of snowballed, and I found that I really loved it, and it was a very good fit for me. So what do you do now? What what would you say your job is, your job title? Um, God, that's a great question because I kind of – I wear so many different hats. Um, I guess producer would be like a good kind of general overall term, but I also photograph everything that I shoot. Um, I – do I also handle the video camera as well? One of them. Um, so I'm a videographer too, and I direct the scenes as well. And obviously, I produce the whole thing. So like porn, that is right. Yes, we on the same page. Yes, yeah, it's porn. yeah sorry. <laughs> I'm a, well, I'm a pornographer. If that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what you were trying to get me to say. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that's a different sort of industry to what I'm used to, what Glenn's used to, what we're all used to. How has the industry changed since? VHS to now the internet. Oh my God, it's changed so much. Because you've been through all of that, right? Yeah. That change. I'm wonder- I have a very unique perspective that I've been around the industry for such a long time. And then even though I obviously wasn't working in the industry before I was 18, um, I just, you know, I was around it and I kind of knew what was happening because my parents would talk about things. But um, I mean, God, there used to, it used to be such a small industry. Like you, it was very hard to get in it, you know, like you couldn't just come in and, and start directing movies or anything like that. You had to know somebody who had to hire you. It was very small, very contained. Um, and you know, not a lot of girls really came into the industry. You didn't get a lot of really good looking girls. If you look at a lot of the older porn stars, they were not that hot compared to the girls today. So it was a much smaller industry. Um, and for, um, a very long time, it was illegal. It was illegal to shoot pornography. It was considering pimping and pandering. And it was, um, I think in, because I know that my parents were shooting porn when it was illegal. 
So I think it was around the 80s that it actually wow. went all the way to the Supreme Court and a judge wow. ruled that it was not pimping and pandering. But my parents were in a situation where they like had the vice squad chasing them. They would like going through their trash. Like they couldn't reveal the location that they were shooting at until like the night before, the morning of. It was like this very like secret, like kind of covert thing. And of course, my mom laughs and says that's when you actually made money at it. Right. Because now... When the internet came along, it really opened up the industry for everybody to get in because it was not only the internet, but it was the internet coupled with the new like handy cam. Like suddenly they were marketing consumer cameras that um, regular people could buy and could film on. And so that coupled with the internet allowed pretty much anybody to be able to just buy a video camera, start shooting porn, throw up a website and just do it. And because there was such a thirst for porn back then. And because it was such an open market, it was kind of like the wild West and just everybody flooded in. And suddenly the industry just got huge and it was just like all these people and terrible, horrible content. Like, and then it also became kind of like the porn Olympics because I think before, okay. So before the internet came along, like the magazines didn't even show penetration. It was all softcore. So my mom would shoot like these boy girl scenes, but like the guy's penis like couldn't be inside. And also too, it couldn't even be it had to be like forty five percent hard. <laughs> and it couldn't be pointing at Sounds the like direct me. at the vagina. It had to be sort of pointing like to the floor. For, pe- for people who's listening, Holly Holly's making a shape of a penis with her hands and showing us like which direction the penis <laughs> is pointing, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was very different. And then all of a sudden the internet came along. It really kind of blew all of that out of the water because suddenly anybody could access anything. I mean, you could see anything that you wanted yeah. to see. So here's my question, right? So like with music, for example, mm-hmm. initially when everything got digitized, it was still thriving, right? Right. But then once... Like free, like streaming came along, and everyone could just have anything they wanted, pretty right. much for free. That kind of that's kind of happened with porn too, right? Absolutely. So how has it managed to keep up with that and make that still profitable or well, compete with that? If you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. So what happened was, you know, obviously there was this big expansion of people in the industry, and there was a bubble, and then inevitably the bubble burst, and um, you know, companies just started dying off left and right. So and people just, and yeah, oh yeah. People yeah. just started losing their jobs and, you know, companies closed down and, um, yeah, it really, really changed. But the thing is about porn is that everybody watches porn. I mean, everybody does, you know, whether or not you admit it. So there's such an enormous audience that even though most people won't pay for porn, the 5% of people who will pay for, for porn is still a huge number. Right. So if you produce the kind of content that that 5% of people want to see, then you can make money at it. But you've got to be really good. It's very competitive because the people who are going to pay for porn have very discerning tastes. They're not going to spend money on just anything because you can get just anything for free. So really you need to make sure that you find your market, you find your audience, and that you produce the quality of content that they want to see. And so people like that who either have very specific tastes or perhaps they consume a lot of porn. And if you're you know, jerking off to porn all the time and you have a very specific idea of what you want, going through like red tube or you porn and trying to find the video that you want to see is, is kind of difficult. Or if you can join a website to some people, it's worth paying $25 a month to get an update every day of content that they know that they're going to like. That's like fresh. What? That's so new. It's, perfect. it's like customized. That's exactly. hi- yeah. That's high quality. Yeah. But like what, what, what would the one different, what they can't get on the, the free site? <laughs> well, for example, XArt. XArt is a very high-end um, uh, adult site, 
and it's like very cinematic, very, um, there's a lot of money put into it. And what do you mean? Just better production? Yes, really high Higher production, quality. high end production. Also, too, the stuff on, on the tube sites is also like kind of lower quality. So if you want like a really high end HD video, yeah. you're going to have to join one of these sites. Also, too, all of the tube sites are now owned by big companies. So all of those videos that you see up there are usually there by permission of the website owner mm. or they've been taken down. So, Right. So you, you've got a lot of fans on Twitter, on and social media. <laughs> um, yeah. And I bet you'll get some weird requests because the the fans that you've got are, d- are different to, like, other fans, like other people's got, like, boxing fans are different to mm-hmm. the, porn st- the porn fans, if that's what you're going to call them. Yeah. Uh, so, do you get some weird requests and weird tweets and stuff about asking a sexual stuff all oh, the time? Oh, yeah, all the time. I bet you do. Do you get dick pics and all that? Oh, God, <laughs> every day. <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Really? Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Know. Yeah, no, guys send me dick pics all the time. It's like, it's whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm so, I mean, I Do you feel, feel like you're desensitized to it, though? Yeah, totally. Yeah? Yeah. It's penises don't throw me at all. <laughs> so <laughs> You guys could all whip out your dicks right now and I'd be like, okay, whatever. On a serious level, though, like, do you think that's like... Um, harmful to your own sex life. No, 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 no. It's the opposite, if anything. I yeah. think that porn has taught me a lot about sex that has really like been very helpful. And also, too, I think it's given me a self, a sense of confidence. And you know, I have like no shame. <laughs> I have no shame. <laughs> but you know, like I wasn't as also too because the family I was raised in, I wasn't raised with a sense of shame about sexuality or the right. the body or anything like that. So. Um, no, I don't think, because honestly, like when I'm with somebody sexually, I'm not thinking about porn. I'm not thinking about like any of that. It's just totally separate for me. I'm very, I'm very good at separating my porn life from my regular life. But like I said, I've learned things from porn that I've been able to apply to my personal sex life, which has been very helpful. So. Yeah, that's weird. Cause I, I would, like when I'm training people all the time, last thing I want to do, I mean, you, you train as well. So it's similar to what you do. You train people all day, Glenn, yeah. and then you go and train yourself. Yeah, I'm motivated to train myself. I'm still, still motivated so to train myself just because I want to be, I want to be healthy and, 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 and specifically with boxing, I just, I just feel like you can, um, never stop learning. So every time I train for boxing, I just feel like I, I want to stay sharp and keep yeah. learning new things. So is that like you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, like, yeah. like you, but no. I just got to keep giving blowjobs to stay sharp <laughs> on top of my game, you know? I can't forget how it works. <laughs> well, I'm blushing. I'm feeling myself going red. <laughs> I see a bead of sweat coming down <laughs> your face. It's just because you guys turn the air off. <laughs> uh, so you friends with a lot of porn stars? Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely friendly with all of them. There's very few of them that I'm close friends with, but there are a couple. Like, Danny Daniels is a really good friend of mine. Right. Um, I adore her. Um, Jelena Jensen is also another very good friend of mine. Um, so, and, you know, there's a, there's a few others. Yeah. But One thing I've always wondered was, what do the porn stars' families think about what they do? It depends on the girl. Um, they're all different. I mean, like Danny, for example, her family's very supportive of what she does. Um, I mean, I know other people's parents aren't. I yeah. think that a lot of times it gets to the point, especially if they become successful, um, that their parents just kind of accept it. Um, and, you know, just, I mean, it's your child and you love them no matter what they do. And as long as, like, they're safe and they're happy, I think that most parents can come to terms with it wow it must be hard i've got a daughter now and the last last thing yeah that i would want no. would be the 
Of course not. I don't think any father like wants their daughter to get in porn because you don't want to think about your family members in a sexual way at all. Yeah, you just don't. That's how we are. You said the same thing about boxing too. So it's like (laughs) between the three of us, our passions, right? We we're all kind of saying we don't want our kids to go into any of that. Yeah, she can't box. She can't get punched in the face, and she can't be in porn. People. (laughs) Yeah. So I've just come away there. Like, so prostitutes get. paid for having sex mm-hmm. porn stars get paid for having sex but mm-hmm. it's on film mm-hmm. do you get porn stars who become prostitutes or prostitutes who become porn stars um, it's usually porn stars become prostitutes and that's very common especially now with the way that the industry has kind of changed and how like it's kind of harder there's so many girls in the industry now and there's a lot less work so a lot of times some girls will have a hard time getting enough income to supplement the lifestyle that they're used to. And so they start hooking on the side. But, um, when we're talking about hooking, we're talking about like really high end clients, um, being flown to Dubai and making a hundred thousand dollars in a weekend and shit like that. So I think we're in the wrong business. Yeah. I mean, these are, you know, like if, when you're talking about like the high end girls, like they get paid really well and you know, I mean, a lot of them don't want to talk about it and they pretend like it, they don't do it, even though a lot of them do. I personally, I'm not judgmental about it at all. Um, I think that prostitution should be legal. And I've always felt that way because I think it would be safer for women if it was that way because it right. would be better regulated. Um, uh, the problem is, though, is that sometimes if girls go off and they give um, guys, if they're, if they're with a man and they don't uh, use a condom and then they come back and they work, that right. would be a problem because, you know, the testing... Is, yeah. is very we're very regulated with the testing so do that's the one time when it can be kind of an issue how often do these girls get tested is it like before every scene every two weeks every two weeks every two and weeks. how often would they be working on average uh, it depends um some of them can be working almost every day right is the girls who's got reputations for being like proper dirt bags yes yes there's definitely some girls that other girls don't want to work with because they've heard that they're sleazy Right, or they but, uh, like fuck random guys, or they do jobs without condoms, stuff like that. I guess it's the same with guys as well, the yeah. men as well. No, yeah, they're the same. People don't want to work with them because they're sleazy. Well, okay, so there's the whole crossover performer thing where some men do gay and straight. What? Or they did gay and then they come to straight, Shit. and then the women. And then the girl, like, <laughs> Wait there, why are you acting as if you already knew that, mate? <laughs> well, you've been watching, you're sitting there, like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've spoke to Ollie a few times. <laughs> None of that, mate. You watch that shit. Like, so <laughs> basically, so some guys, like, did gay porn before, and then they do straight porn now, or the, they, it's very difficult for them to go back and forth because most girls don't want to work with guys who also do gay porn. Wow. I remember, I, I remember talk, do you remember how uh, we talked about it mm-hmm. like, a few months ago? I yeah. Was like, I was like, uh, I can't remember we were talking about something and you were like, I've just done this scene of such a and I was like, all right. So he does like gay and straight scenes. You're like, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. So yeah. he's obviously a gay guy. I don't, I don't know. They say that they're, they're not. I mean, they. Usually what happens is that you had somebody who did gay porn before and now they're doing straight porn. They're only doing straight porn because some guys get tricked into thinking so they're gay, that but they they're have doing to do straight gay porn. porn to get into straight porn. They, some guys have been told that by, I guess, gay producers, which is wow. completely untrue. Wow. Um, but also, too, as a man to do gay porn, especially a straight man, they get paid an insane amount of money. I'm talking like $40,000 a scene. Wow. Because the idea for a straight man to have gay sex to the gay community is very exciting. 
It's a big turn. Go on, Glenn. But I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Tran. <laughs> how, how does it? How is that possible? Though? I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't matter how much you paid me. Like, if you saying to me is like life changing amounts of money, how is it physically possible? Like, if there's a man in front of me and I have to have sex with him, well, I, w- I, I physically wouldn't be able to do well, it. Well, you could be just the taker. And then you wouldn't really have to do anything except you? for lube. <laughs> Don't you start with your deals. <laughs> Here we go. He's going to start with his deals. <laughs> start going off on the money. I would imagine that probably they, they might be bisexual. Yeah, which means Maybe. a gear really, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not, not a guy, so I can't, straight. So I can't it, it, comment go on. on that. If I wanted to be a porn star, what, what, what would I have to do? What's the, like, the first step? You'd have to come see me. Seriously, what's the general process? You would probably you would go see a talent agent, um, one of the big adult industry talent agents, and they would probably book you in a very low paying scene. That the funny thing about guys getting into porn is that a lot of them think okay. For, and I learned this very much when I did my Playboy TV show, Adult Film School, which is amateur couples. Yeah. So many guys think they can do porn because like they can fuck their girlfriend for hours at home, you know, or like yeah. they can have sex like in front of their friends at like a drunk party or something like that. So they're like, oh yeah, I can totally do porn. It is completely different when you're on set and it's totally quiet and there's like 30 people and there's lights and there's mics and mm. there's like this whole expectation around it and you don't know the girl and she may not even like you very much and she's probably not even really talking to you and then you're supposed to be able to get your dick hard fuck her stop while we change the lights go back fuck her again and then go back and do it again for video and then come on command it's really really difficult and i have to say i have so much admiration and respect for the male performers who can do that because it's really really hard and a lot of times it's them who carry the scene and they just don't really get recognized as much as they should so let's see if thought and glenn wants to be a porn star he goes and sees the agent what will will the agent just boog him or will he say drop your pants or take his clothes off How yeah he prob- they probably want they'd want to see his penis first because like you can't have a micro penis because you're not gonna unless you want to do a penis shaming <laughs> video then you can do that <laughs> <laughs> and you know they have those too what does that mean uh, the, so a penis shaming video and this is a whole fetish where a guy with a small dick is surrounded by girls who laugh at his penis and who like flick it and like pinch <laughs> it yeah. and tell him he's got a small dick and he's oh, pathetic yeah. and he's stupid and nobody wants them and like they laugh at him and humiliate him and he likes that yeah wow there's a whole humiliation sex fetish out there there's all kinds of crazy shit like stuff that like if you can imagine it it's it's there it's it insane yeah. i've seen a video before someone sent us and it was a woman standing on some bloke's balls and kicking him in the balls yeah, and ball crushing that's another really big thing <sighs> too how, how does that work they just step on your balls and crush them and all kinds of shit. Some guys oh like to put like pins through them. Oh. I mean, some people have like really the human sex. That's also too what I love about my job. Like human sexuality is so multifaceted and it's so fascinating. And everybody has their thing and their hangups and their and everybody's got like secret fetishes that like they haven't explored. And it's just it's do you so think that though? Do you think everyone's got a fetish? I I think people yes, and I think also people too probably have things that they don't even know that they're into. Yeah. Have you, Glenn? Oh, I've got loads, yeah. Have you? I really? Get I me started on this. I want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no? I, I, what I was going to ask you, though, on that, where do you think that comes from? Uh, usually it stems from some kind of childhood experience that yeah. you may not even remember. 
Um, but that's usually where it's from. It's some, something happened to you at a very important time in your life that kind of triggered, it might even been a situation where you were just starting to like hit puberty and you were just starting to becoming like sexually awakened. And then like, for example, here's a friend of mine. Um, he is really into Asian women. And the reason he thinks that he's into Asian women was because he, when he was very young, he accidentally walked in on his friend's mom topless, who was Asian. And it kind of excited and surprised him. And so... Stems from that. Yeah. yeah. So it's usually so, some kind of childhood experience. So getting kicked in the balls, I wonder where that comes from. It's probably indicative of like some kind of traumatic childhood. Event, I don't get that, that, plain, that pain, pleasure thing. I don't understand There that. is something to... Because I've been in an S&M relationship before myself as What's a submissive. Mean? What's S&M? Uh, sadomasochism. What's that? So basically... <laughs> well, like, we get whipped and shit. Yeah. And so You've I done that before? It, yeah. So I... Uh, Candle wax drips all over you. <laughs> Fuck I've done everything. I'm talking about filament. <laughs> so yeah, I dated a I dated a guy who Fucking was hell. a professional dom, and it was really fascinating. He was a winner. He was a there's professional. Club, there's clubs, yeah. right? You can go yeah, to clubs, clubs and shit. So professional. Mm-hmm. You get amateur levels and you get professional levels. Mm-hmm. He had like, and there's a there's a very <laughs> specific way to spank a girl. Um, there's a very specific way to like whip a girl, to cane a girl, um, to tie a girl, to gag a girl. There's, like, all kinds of things wow. that, like, guys don't really know. And you can work on all of these things and you can learn how to how to do it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely into being dominated and, um, <laughs> and like, choked and stuff like that and slapped in the face. I know that sounds you weird. Are. Yeah. That's why it's wow. funny. When I come here and I box, when I accidentally get hit in the face or when, like, you guys hit me, I kind of, like, laugh and giggle and, and <laughs> now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's why I'm so terrible at sparring and I'm so bad at blocking all your punches. You just like put your head out there and like, yeah. just go for it. So um, I don't know. There's something to the pain that's pleasurable, but obviously to a point. Like I don't want to – I got caned once and that was horrible. I hated that. So I know that that's something I'm definitely not into. But I don't know. There's something about the pain mixed with the pleasure, which is – I don't know, kind of exciting. I guess the uh, closest I've had with that is getting tattooed. Yeah, that's the so only, there that's you the only go. pleasurable pain. Yeah, I think. And like when I get tattooed, I get massive endorphin release. Exactly. And like over a few hours, that pain just numbs. Yeah. And then like when you're finished, you come out and you're like, oh, I want, I want more. Yeah. More. Yeah. That's, that's weird. That's yeah, weird. and then you when you mix like the pain like with an extreme like pleasure, like sexual pleasure, it's a really intoxicating mix. So. I've never experienced anything like that. I've been nose broke twice, but it was fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like uh, something that would be fun. It's, this is great. I'm learning new things about life, I suppose. There's, 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 lo- lo- there's loads of se- secret uh, sexual things, right? Oh, yeah. What we never knew about. Yeah. Uh, on, on men porn stores, let's go about that. Do they use Viagra? A lot of them do. A lot of them do, but um, some of them don't, like especially the, the really seasoned performers who've been around for a while um, who were working before there was Viagra. Um, they don't They don't generally don't need it. Right. And like, what's the secret of lasting so long? They, you know, I think it's just, it's probably like an endurance athletic thing that they build up to like you guys do. Um, I know that um, I've talked to some guys about it and they say they just kind of go to this place in their head or they have like a Rolodex of like fantasies or sexual fantasies or whatever. <laughs> they pull some card out and then they focus on that and then they... See, that's, that, that's funny to think about the fantasies to last longer where... 
with me, I think normal men, you think of the opposite. You think yeah. of your, you think of your uncle and stuff. Well, some guys <laughs> will come out and they'll like smack their dick, like to kind of like stop themselves, or like they'll pause and like pull back, and then like they'll be like, "Whoa, I need a second. and then we'll go back in. But most of like the really really top guys, which are the only guys that I hire, just because I don't want to deal with like men who can't get their penis hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't need to. They just like they just have it. I mean, right. these guys work like you know, four days a week and have been doing so for 15 years. So they just What does the average porn star make, male and female? Um, the average female makes usually about $1,000 a scene. Um, and the average male makes like a, like a high-end performer, about 700 on the low end, more like 500. That's for a high-end male. Yeah. Though some of the like Manuel Ferreira gets 1,500 a scene, which is obscene. Um, What's the average time length of the scene? It depends on what you're shooting. If you're shooting soft and hard, it takes a lot longer. Like if you're shooting softcore and hardcore, but obviously the guy doesn't have to be hard for softcore. Um, it depends on the director. If they're shooting just a, like off the top gonzo scene where they're not really caring about the lighting or anything like that, then you can shoot a scene in 20 minutes, mm. 30 minutes, but usually about an hour, I would say. Tell me about the, uh, the was it on Playboy, Playboy TV, what you did when it was for amateurs to become professionals, something yeah. like that, right? So it was uh, Adult Film School is the name of the show, and we have um, we've stopped, we've finished with the filming. They're not going to continue the show, but there's one more uh, season that still is going to air later this year. And so basically, what we did was we took amateur couples who wanted to make a professional sex tape. So these are people who would they would send in their sex tape that they'd filmed at home, which generally is shitty. You know, if you've ever done your own sex tape at home, you usually do it on like your smartphone or your laptop or something like that. And it comes out grainy this is how and old dark. I am. The and first one I did was on a video camera. Really? I made it on a little cassette thing. Oh, the little DV tapes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, you're even more professional <laughs> than most people. Most people, it's just on their smartphone. Um, this was before they had video on phones. That's what I'm talking about. This was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they would send in their sex tape and they would, they would come in and meet me and we would review their sex tape and I would talk about, because it was also an educational show too. Like I would talk about, the idea was to help the audience understand how to make their own prof more professional looking sex tape at home, if that's something that you want to do. So, um, and then they would tell me what their fantasy would be. And then we would create that and they would go through wardrobe and hair and makeup. And we would show like the building of the set and all the preparation and everything. And then we'd film the actual scene and then they would come back and watch the edited version and be like, Oh my God. We look I so almost, amazing. I almost and tempted Danielle to go on. Fuck off. No, did. You did not. Remember she, she was telling me about it at the gym. She was like, oh, I'm telling me about the TV show. That we're doing the, we're going through the auditions now. She's oh like, you should God. mention it to Danielle. <laughs> so I got home and there was a preview for it on TV. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, this is Holly's new show. And, she's like, and we watched like the 10 minute preview or the five minute preview yeah. what it was. And I'm going, we should go on this. <laughs> she wasn't having it. No, no. <laughs> wow, would you have No, I wouldn't do it. No would way. Would you fuck me? No not way. A chance. Would you get your dick out on TV? Nah, I've seen your dick, mate. I, I would be... Well, that would be weird for me to film, I have to say. I'd be a little, <laughs> little like, oh my God, this is really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're very successful in what you do, right? Yes, what gives you thank you. What, what gives you uh, 
job satisfaction these days? Like, what, like, what do you get a buzz from it? I know when we train clients and we get them into shape and we they tell us they're changing their lives and that's our job satisfaction. But yeah. for you, what is it in that industry? Um, well, what I love about what I do and what's so unique about the type of photography and, and video that I do is that I'm allowed so much creative freedom. I mean, my clients essentially, like, I have a certain amount of content that I have to produce for all these different clients every month. And they essentially just send me a girl and they're like, do whatever you want. And so I get to pick the location, I get to pick the theme, I get to pick the wardrobe, I get to put the hair and makeup, like everything is completely in my control. Um, is that being the director? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, because you know, normally like with mainstream, even if you have a director, you've got like the producer who came from like, you know, the company who gives you a very specific idea and a script right. and a storyboard and all this stuff. And you've got, you know, so really you're just focusing on that one thing. Whereas for me, I get to really produce everything. Like the so whole, you're in charge of hiring stylists, makeup artists, all that stuff, ev- wardrobe, everything. everything yeah. yeah. And that is what I love because, I mean, I get to play, like, dress up with these beautiful girls, like, mm. every day. I mean, how fucking fun is that? I mean, they have to take it all off afterwards, <laughs> yeah. but it's like Barbies. So that's, that's <laughs> what you love. You, you love that about your job. Like you, you do everything. But that must be a lot of work. A yeah, lot of work. It is. Right? I work all the time, and it's kind of exhausting. Um, but you can pick and choose when you work, right? You can I can, yeah, schedules. but obviously, you know, I don't want to, like, be too picky because I want to work enough that I can make money but yeah yeah, no i i am and i've i'm lucky that i've gotten to a point in my career where i turned down a lot of jobs Mm, that's great because i just can't like do it we had a a guy on last week or the last podcast we did a motivational speaker from england england's like top motivational speaker and uh he was saying it, it, it takes a lot of work and years and years to get to this point but when you're at that point where you can be like Okay, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm going to pull my laptop up and do some work till 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. Or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to go and have a glass of wine and play some video games or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's success right there, and that's, like, job satisfaction. Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, don't have a 9 to 5. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, but it takes a lot of work and years and years to get to, to be able to get to that point. Are you at yeah. that point yet where you can do, do what you want when you want? Like, like you don't much. have to work. You work when you want and do that. So Pretty you, much, yeah. You, and have, I also, you have to secure yeah, and I have um, and I have a great assistant too, a great personal assistant who just kind of knows how to do everything and takes care of everything. So if I feel like checking out for a week, she can just handle it all. That's quality. Yeah, that, it's that's great. good. So you've got a good team around you. Have you ever met Hugh Hefner? Yes. Is your friend? Um, no. So you, I guess. Well, let me tell you about Hugh Hefner because there's a whole history with my family. So Hugh Hefner is actually the reason that my mom moved here from England. And we can thank Hugh Hefner for my mom's green card. And really? The fact, oh, yeah. Wow. That I'm here today because... So, my mother was a model when Wait, she so first started. Uh, your mom's English? Yeah. You never told me that. I have totally told you that. Really? Yes. My mother's from Worcester. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have told me. You have yeah. told me, yeah. Yeah, my, and then my parents met in London in the 60s. Where, where, where's your dad from? My dad's from South Africa. Right. Yeah, that's right. I so, But he lived in London with my mom for 10 years. Right. So, in yeah, the swinging I, 60s, right? Yeah. Oh, man. My <laughs> parents have... Uh, you probably didn't get a chance to listen to their podcast, but my parents had a crazy life. Like, they were just... Because, you know, they were swingers, and they went to the Playboy Mansion, and my mom banged Fuck. all kinds of random celebrities. She won't? My, my, my mom banged all kinds of random celebrities. Really? Who? Yeah. Anyone we know? Oh, yeah. Who? Um, okay, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Fucking hell. Warren Beatty. You ready for this one? Bill Cosby. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> yeah. Shit. And <laughs> fully, she was fully willing, and she was totally awake. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know if you guys we both know. We just did the same thing at the same time. You guys probably don't know the football player Jim Brown. 
No. He was really famous back in the 70s. Him too. My mom loves black guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is funny because she married a white South African. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, my dad doesn't care. That's mad. My dad's like the most unjealous person in the world. They, I mean, like, I really have to admire my Do they still have an open relationship? Like I, I think they're... Pro- I think in theory they do, um, but I mean, my mom's 68, my dad's 73. They're not going off and banging people anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. just, they're done with that. But no, they had one their, their whole life, even after I was born, you know, they, they did. My mom That's would crazy. go off to a horse show and like bang the bellhop and tell my mom, my dad about it the next day Fucking at breakfast. No. And he would be like, That's nice, dear. More tea. No. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. And they used to go to like orgy parties together and stuff. So. What do you think about it? I'm sure you think it's fine. Well, yeah. I mean, so. It's something that's interesting. It's something I kind of struggle with. So my ex-boyfriend, um, when we first started dating, um, we had an open relationship and we agreed upon that. And um, it was it was more like a don't ask, don't tell. Because it's like if he's going to go off and like bang some girl, like I don't want him to come back and tell me. You know what I mean? Like if but we had you, this what about You just that, wouldn't want him to do it in the first place. Well, I didn't really care. Yeah, well, I suppose if you don't care. That's Did you love him? Yeah. I, yeah. Right. But I just, I don't know. I'm, I think monogamy is really hard for people. I think it's really hard for What's men. What's monogamy? I don't know. <laughs> it's um, when you're with one, one person, person for your whole life. Oh, right. And it, I don't know. It's just something that's, I'm not sure how I feel about it. So, um, yeah, we just kind of had this open relationship where we were like, okay, we can have sex with other people if we want, as long as like we use a condom, you know, and we're safe. But you, I thought discussion. Um, yeah. Wow. But the funny thing was, is that neither of us ever did it. Right. So we just, I don't know. How like, do you know, though, if you weren't going to tell each other? Um, I mean, I really don't think he did. Uh, I think that he, because I think if he would have, he would have told me when I asked him. It doesn't matter if he did. I don't, right. I don't care. Um, so, it, it, you know, because For <laughs> sex is sex and love is love. And they, they can be completely separate things. And you, and you can have sex with somebody else. And that doesn't mean that you don't love the person that you're with any less. But it's, it's tough, man. I mean, people are naturally jealous and possessive. And it takes a certain kind of person to be able to handle that relationship. So it's not for everybody. You know, everyone's yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, if my wife slept with someone else, that would be, I couldn't. And yeah, and, done. and most people are like that, and that's yeah. totally fair and understandable. And and just, every just teach the their even, own. even the thought of her even like touching or being with someone else like that, it just it makes me feel sick just even thinking about See, it. See, I kind of liked the idea as long as it was a girl that I knew he wasn't going to form an emotional attachment with. Mm-hmm. If he was like going to go like fuck some like dirty hooker like i kind of want to hear about like it like you said I love, like dirty <laughs> hooker stories like did you, you know like, like you said everyone's different i mean yeah you know, everyone, and, and i like hearing w- sexual stories about my men with like other women especially if it's like dirty but i'm weird oh that is different yeah so do you not get jealous at all about no, anything not, in life not really i mean i don't know do you know what jealousy is do you, do you <laughs> yes stay, i definitely know what it like, is do you feel do you ever feel get the feeling yes i've definitely felt it when? for sure um, you know, when I've been with, with men that have been, when I was in a less secure place in my life, I feel like now I'm, I'm a lot less insecure than I was when I was younger. So I feel that now it doesn't bother me right. the way that it did before, because before to me, it meant if he was with another woman that, that he didn't love me and that I wasn't good enough. And now to me, it's just kind of like, well, he just fucked this other girl because it's just sex and he's a man and I don't know. 
I think it just depends on your relationship. It's yeah. so hard to say. Everybody's yeah. different. Let's get back to Hugh Hefner's story because we've just drifted all over. I know. We totally yeah, right? did, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Hugh Hef- Okay. So, my mother was a model and uh, she was a fashion model in London. And she actually did a layout um, in Vogue. And so she took the money from that and she bought a camera and she started shooting her girlfriends and she started submitting the photos to the page three of the Sun newspaper. Yeah. And so they started publishing her stuff there. And then, um, she shot her roommate Lillian Mueller and sent her pictures to Playboy and Hefner loved her and said, you know, we love this woman. We want to fly her in to shoot, but you know, we don't know who you are. You're not a professional photographer. So we're just going to fly her in and have our team shoot her. My mom was like, okay, well, if you're going to pull that on me, I'm going to send her to penthouse. Either I'm right. shooting her or you can That's go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, and for someone like who had no name, no experience to say that to Hefner, I mean, my mom's a ballsy woman. And so he said, okay. And so he flew down my mom and he flew down Lillian. My mother shot her. Lillian became playmate of the year, oh. 1974, I believe. And my mother became the first female staff photographer at Playboy. Right. So she was there for two years um, and, you know, like living it up, going to the Playboy Mansion. Like my father was one of the only men that was allowed to be brought to the mansion because if you were a girl and you went to the Playboy Mansion, you couldn't bring your boyfriend. Yeah. You know, Um, so my dad was one of the few people that was allowed to come. And, you know, they used to have a real good time. And then um, my mom decided to write a book called Suze. And in the book, she talked about... Hef and the things that went on in the grotto and at the Playboy Mansion. And my mom slept with Hefner as well. I mean, my mom fucked, she fucked everybody. So I think that she said something about him in the book that was, I think she said he had a fat butt or something. I don't know what it was. Anyways, he wasn't happy about it and um, he threw her out and she got fired from Playboy and she went straight from there to Hustler and then she started working at um, Hustler and she was there for about another two years. And I was born while she was working at Hustler. My birth was actually announced in Hustler magazine, which is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then she went freelance after that. Who's yeah. your favorite porn star? Female porn star. Oh man. Why would you know? Do you know, do you know porn stars? Any, any at all? Not loads of them. Okay. So really? you know that Daniela has two, two uh, big porn stars come into the salon. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah you told me about them. Yeah. I Jan- saw Janine Linda Mulder. I saw Jessica. She was like my first favorite porn star. I saw Je- I told you I saw then, Jessica at like the awards and, and I mentioned James, yeah. I mentioned Oh, you did? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um so I would say okay, I'm gonna have to say Danny Daniels because she's amazing and she's like one of my best friends, so I have to say her. But um I also love, love, love Madison Ivy. Um, she, and not only because she's a fantastic performer, but she's just, so for me, cause I kind of have a opposite, I have a different view of these girls cause I work with them. So I know what they're like as people. I know the personalities. Right. So some girls who might be your favorite cause they're amazing performers. I may not like them cause they're a fucking cunt yeah, right. on set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say like Madison Ivy is one of my favorites. She's just great attitude. Just wonderful. Just, oh, I just love her. What, one of the, uh, questions that i've got what i really want to know what i'm really interested in is on any scenes has there been fuck ups like women farting or, or like people falling <laughs> down and smashing chairs or it's yeah. probably embarrassing shit right yeah. oh no yeah we want to um, hear some stories i'm sure you've seen a few of yeah them. we've broken some beds in our time um we've had uh, queefing is not uncommon what's that 
that's when um, the vagina expels gas in a farting <laughs> sound. <laughs> you guys have all encountered it. Yeah, Basically, we call it when funny you, fart. Yeah, <laughs> when you fuck us like doggy style for a long time, it's just impossible for that not to happen. It's just, it's just, especially when you take it out, put it back in, and take it out, oh, put it God. back in. Cause you keep, you want to keep looking at your dick. You're like, look, look good. <laughs> so, you know, that just happens. So we cut that out, obviously. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't think. Girls I mean, reaching and being sick and that or not? Being being what? Sick. Like, um, no, I haven't <laughs> had that happen. Thank God. <laughs> I did I have know. I did have one girl who, and and luckily most of the time when girls show up, they're totally sober. But I did have one girl who was so fucked up on set that she started talking to her lunch. Um, and what? She's yeah, talking all she was talking because she was really like all over the place and she kept like doing this snapping thing to like wake herself up because she was like passing out on set so i sat her down i'm like okay maybe you need to eat some food um because whatever you took is is not good of course she denied taking anything and so i gave her her food and then she just starts laughing at her food she's like sandwich i can't eat you you're funny i'm not gonna eat you sandwich and i'm just like oh my fucking god uh, when you're out, let's say you're out dinner at a bar or wherever, and you're talking to people, and they ask you, like, what do you do for a living? What do you do? It depends, do it depends on who it is. Um, it depends on my audience. Usually, I just say I'm a photographer. Right. And if they leave it at that, great. I don't elaborate. If they ask me more, depending on who it is, I might say um, I'm a fashion or glamour photographer. I actually had someone ask me this morning, and... I made up the whole, oh, yeah, I'm a glamour fashion. I shoot model portfolios and headshots and stuff like that. And I try to make it sound so boring that they don't want to ask me anything else. Um, but obviously, if it's somebody that I'm not really concerned about, then I'll, I'll tell them the truth. Nice. Which has been kind of interesting now with, with dating because I, I try not to tell guys until, like, right away. Because I don't want to be, like, yeah, I imagine it, I imagine it being very intimidating for a a man to go with you yes okay i've had i've had men ask me um about penis size before but i mean to be honest like i am not a size queen so like i could not take those monster dicks in porn like there's just (laughs) no way like that doesn't fit inside me like i'm too small um so i really prefer like a average like that is good for me like if i can't what's average though holly i don't know like six right about i think it's like average (laughs) but that's like i mean that's a totally good size for me because if if i can't fit you all the way down my throat then i'm sad (laughs) 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 i like to be able to get all the way in there and if you're like very large then i can't do that i can't deep throat if you're that big um and i've also never been with a guy with a really really huge penis either which is kind of weird considering how many people have sex with what black men I've never it, been with a black man. Really? Is it true that black men's got bigger dicks? Um, it's got to it, be. The room has been around forever. It appears <laughs> to be. I mean, I've seen a lot of really large... What about the balls? So the question I was going to ask you, what, what would be like your number one advice to... Uh, let's do me and Tony. Okay. As, as, as married men. Okay. Relationship advice. I don't know, like... If you could just sum up into like one piece of advice for, I don't know what would it, what would yeah, it be? Yeah, relationship advice. We we we, we, we married and she's no, single. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. We should get advice. Yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> I need advice. I don't I'm mean terrible <laughs> in relationships. <laughs> no, you miss, like, I mean, I mean, like, because um, 
we're, we're, we're happily married. We're yeah. happily married, right? I could give. And everything's good for us. I'm better to us. give girls advice. Well, okay, okay not advice, not advice. Tip. For what? To pleasure your wife. Yeah. What are you talking about? Go on. Give me, give me something useful <laughs> I can take out of this podcast now and then go and put it into practice. I don't know because it's hard because every girl. That's is what different. I'm getting at, right? Like what I'm into is not necessarily what your wife yeah. is into. You know what I mean? Holly, I'll tell you, go and choke Danielle and give. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm into fun like, tonight. Probably most women are not into. She's so about you four weeks. Not follow my lead. She's about four weeks from giving birth as well. Glenn will end up in jail. He'll be this from the police station tomorrow. Will you come and bail us up? Yeah, me too. Let's let's not ask a holy advice on that sort of shit. Here, why don't you guys give me some relationship advice? Mm, that's Go a on, tough Glenn. one. That's a real tough one. <laughs> I don't know, but based off of what you've done and your perspective and your outlook look on things, the main, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. You're obviously smashing it with your career and everything, and you seem to be happy and having fun and doing what you want to do every day. So. So yeah, I've had a lot of success, successful people on the pod, on this podcast, and like that's what I try to get. And, and a lot of people who listen is into that and wanting to get find out tips and hints and how to get success. Um, what would you? What would? What, what's your secret to your success? I love what I do. Yes. And they say when you love what you do, you never work a day yeah. in your life. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel. I'm. I, I love what I do, and I. Sur- I have a wonderful crew. It's exciting that is the to most work, important right? thing. The people that you work with and that you surround yourself with and that help you out. That's, I'm sure, obviously, as you guys know, yeah. that's like the most, I have an incredible crew um, and I couldn't do it without them. Yeah. When I had Jason Clock on here, he said the same thing. It's all about your team. Yeah. If you've got the really good, strong team, yeah. you're going to rise. 100%. So Holly, tell us about your new book and your new movie. So my new book is, um, it's my third book with Goliath Publishing. It's a photo book and it's called Kinky Lingerie and it should be out later this year. And it's just girls in really sexy kind of fetishy lingerie, um, latex. Right. Do you know what latex is? Uh, Yeah. Do you, have you ever worn latex? No. It's like wearing a condom like all over your body. Why would people want to do that? Because it looks so good. When you you shine it up with lube, you think, you just see. Do you think, Glenn, he's sitting there like nodding his head like, no, I've never seen that. A girl in like a tight latex cat suit, like with like her ass all like shiny. I mean, because it's totally form fitting. Right. And I mean, there's, it's a beautiful, I don't want to wear it because it's fucking uncomfortable and (laughs) you can't like sweat at all, but, um, so this book's called Kinky, Kinky Lingerie. Right. And it's available, um, through Goliath Books. It'll be available on Amazon. And it's Um, a book full of images, no words. Um, no, I think there's like a foreword in there, but, um, yeah, it's pretty much all photos. And you bought, brought a book in. To the I kinky, did. I brought in my older nylons. one, Kinky Nylons, which um, no one here can take home. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Holly <laughs> but bought I just two books showed in. it to you. And then um, I also brought an example of, I shoot these uh, softcore how-to sex guide books as well. That's this one, right? Yes. Um, What's the title of that book? So she's brought Tony? two books in, one called Kinky Nylons. Nylons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What's the other one called? And the though? other one's called Penis Genius, <laughs> and it's got a picture of banana on the front with a lipstick on. What's it called again? <laughs> Penis Genius. <laughs> the best tips and tricks for working his stick. I mean, that's something Glenn needs to tip. <laughs> See, um, I think that's great because I think that um, women need to learn a lot more about. Um, the male penis. But do, can they get that from reading in a book, or can they not get that by communicating with a man? I think that it, you can obviously get it by communicating yeah. with a man. But I think a, a lot of people are so, especially women, are, are not 
open to sexual communication because they're so ashamed of it. I mean, so many women were raised with such a shame, sense of shame about their sexuality and about their bodies that it's something that they're very, very uncomfortable talking about. Right. You know, I mean, a lot of girls don't like to give blowjobs because they think it's degrading, and that's just really sad. Uh, I think it's, I mean, I've been with my wife now for over 10 years, but I think it, I've always said to people, younger boys who's asking up, when they're looking for a, a wife, no offence, Holly, but uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, get with a girl who's got no experience doing it because mm-hmm. then she hasn't been around the block and slept with everyone. Yeah. That's the, where I'm from in the north of England, that's that's what you that's what you look for in a girl. You don't want to be with a girl who's who's fucked every Tom, Dick and Harry. You, know? yeah. you, you want a, a clean girl. Well, that's my view anyway. I don't know what, you, what you're Totally, thinking. yeah. Um, exactly. I don't want someone who's, who's, who's like really high-sex high driven. Yeah. You want somebody who, who's... Well, I don't know. I, I just felt like that. I've, I feel like I've learned that over time as well. It's like I, I, I know, like for a, for a fact that Danielle's never going to want to go and sleep with anyone else or has any interest in doing that. Right. And that's really? What I love about her. Really? <laughs> really? A big black guy in the gym of the week. She was fucking looking him up. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you, know I mean? you know, again, it's like I don't even want that inkling. Everybody's that she's different, like, you know and everyone's I mean? like, see, I prefer like so. So my ex. um he had also slept with a lot of people and I was like so happy about that because I was like thank fucking God because the last thing I want is like a guy with like no experience mm. um, because I have a lot obviously so for me like I prefer somebody who's had a lot of sexual experience right. and he liked that about me as well um, but yeah I mean I understand you know everyone's different everyone's got their and it's important that you're sexually compatible with the person that yeah, you're with definitely. So. Yeah. and your new mu- movie as well yeah, so I have my first um, big feature movie out. Um, it's called True Erotica, and it's being distributed through Adult DVD Empire. And it's just, uh, it's four scenes, and it's just, like, really sexy vignettes. I do, like, these long, um, slow teases. It's very, like, kind of high fashion and um, also very moody. I do, like, a lot of shadows. And um, it's just, um, I wanted to shoot something that was really kind of beautiful and artistic as well as being sexy and And where do people see that? Um, they can go to adultdvdempire.com and they can watch it on VOD. They can also order the DVD online from them or you can get it at probably so any sex store. Who funds that? Uh, Adult DVD Empire does. Right. And what will it sell for? I I think DVDs normally go for like 25 bucks a pop or something like What's that. What's the budget for a, something as big as that? It depends, on, it depends on the client. Everybody's budget's different. Right. So... It just depends. Yeah, so you're not telling us. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was higher than most. Right. I'll say that. So uh, when you come on back boxing, I will tell be me back about he- your boxing career. I will be back here tomorrow morning. So um, I met these fabulous men here because I started coming to Box and Burn about, God, what was it, like two and a half years? Has it been two it years or three years? It's three it's years. Three, yeah. You, think yeah. you were right there at the beginning. Oh, Remember you used to, when, you, when you were young? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We all were. <laughs> no, we all were. Um, yeah, I know. So I just, so I started coming here and I, I mean, I have to admit, I've always hated exercise. I just hate it. It's so boring to me. Um, so when I came to boxing, it was something that was really 
great because not only was it really, really fun, but it was like a skill that I was learning. And that's what's kept me interested because, you know, as opposed to just running on a treadmill or like lifting weights, I don't feel like I'm learning anything. And so here it's like, I'm learning a skill. Not only am I learning a skill, but it's a skill that's great for a woman to learn because then it gives you so much more self-confidence and Mm -hmm. feeling that you can defend yourself and it makes you feel powerful. And I mean, honestly, like it changed my life. I'm not even kidding. So when I came here, um, I was a little bit heavier. I was in an unhappy marriage. I was just like working all the time. And I just felt like I was just stuck in this life that I didn't really like. And I was afraid of getting older. And I thought if I, you know, left my husband, like I would never, you know, nobody else would ever want me again. I just felt like so just, and I had put on weight because all I was doing was working. And then I came here and I started working out and I started to enjoy myself and I started to like lose weight and I started to just feel more confident about myself, which is something that exercise does for you, especially something like boxing. And it really just kind of changed my whole like perception of everything in my mind. And then all of a sudden I thought, Oh my God, you know what? I'm not too old for this. I'm not like, I still can achieve so much in my life. And it just, I don't know. It gave me like a sense of self-confidence that I had lost for a long time. And, um, I'm so grateful yeah. to it. I mean, seriously, you guys like I'm had a big well. impact on my life. And I feel I really like you have fun when you're here as well. I do. I'm terrible. It's funny because I feel you're like not. I haven't improved at all. I come here <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm the biggest wuss. Nah, I'm you like, I'm that. always like taking a break. I'm always being yelled at. Because I'm like hiding behind the bags or like, I'm like, I get wind did really quick i mean i just feel like i'm just so hopeless but i just keep coming now nah, you're a good I little boxer it. you punch hard you're strong and uh you're fast as well but you do get winded you <laughs> I, can, I, I get but that, that's the plan because every time you get fitter we're going to push you harder i know so you're going to get tired. i know it never gets easier <laughs> like ne- i never come here and feel like that wasn't so bad every time i come here i feel like i'm gonna throw up yeah, <laughs> yeah. i remember when you were training with Stephen before when you was training him we could just hear ah. i know I'm a very vocal person and I don't mean to, it just comes out that way. And, and, and I would even, cause after you guys started making fun of me about it, I would even try to like hold it in, but like I couldn't, it would still come out. I'd be like, no, no. And you just look at Steven and be like, looking like around. Like, so funny. I love Steven. I got to start training with him again he I, he's the only guy who can take all my sex jokes and not take them seriously <laughs> <laughs> great one last thing you you you're doing this netflix thing can we talk about that or not I, i'm not sure i mean sure i don't know <laughs> you just said it so yeah. um okay so yes so I got contacted by um, Netflix earlier this week, and they're interested in doing, um, I think they're doing like a multi-episode documentary on the adult industry, and they want to do one of them possibly on me and my family. So we'll see. I mean, it's certainly not set in stone. They're looking around. They're talking to different people, but they seem really interested. So that would be like a pretty fucking huge thing for me. Netflix is great. Did they approach you for that? Yeah. Yeah, they did. That was really Lisa good. Ann actually recommended me to them. So Who? Lisa Ann. Right. I'm not sure who that is. She's like one of the most famous porn stars you laugh, in the you world. Know it is. Yeah, of course <laughs> he knows. She's, she's, she's great. That's great because I don't want to use the word weird, but you and your family are different to, yes. to everyone else. Who, yeah. I mean, no one, no one's normal. Everyone's got their different family dramas or different families, this mm-hmm. and that, but... The shit that you've told me, like your <laughs> your, your mom fucking Bill, uh, Bill Crosby, yeah, it's a uh, 
But it's weird though too because I have a very traditional English upbringing, you know. Where like, really? Yeah. Nah, like, you haven't. <laughs> no, <Yes>. I disagree. <laughs> trust me, trust me, Ali. We had a very British upbringing. Hey, I hold my knife and fork properly. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah, and we yeah, don't. So that's, what, that's what we know. <laughs> we don't even use a knife. We just use the fork. <laughs> but, you know, my parents were very, I mean, they were wonderful parents. I had a great, very normal childhood. Um, you know, they were very, like, strict on grades. I did well in school. We went on family vacations. We had Sunday lunch, Sunday roast together every Sunday. That was very important. Um, story time every night. Um, you know, they were just very, like... I mean, compared to a lot of my friends who I've spoken to who have, like, normal parents who have normal jobs, like, oh, my God, I have such – and my family, they're, you know, they're all really close. And, um, you know, and my my brother and my sister are not even remotely in the industry, so I'm the only one. Right. So my brother's a lawyer and my sister's a nurse. So, you know, like, totally separate stuff. So. Uh, right, I think that's it. Holly, if anyone wants to find you on social networking, on, it's at Holly Randall on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes. Right? And I went through your Twitter feed the other day and it's just full of pictures of girls, naked girls. <laughs> yes, it is. Because yeah. that's actually why I have a bigger following, I think, on Twitter than Instagram because I can post nudity on Twitter and I can't do it on Instagram. Oh, so. I never knew that. Yeah. And I don't follow you on Instagram uh, because of the pictures that you post, right? <laughs> because I don't want to be sitting at the desk in Boxing Burn on a kid's yeah. class scrolling through no, and you see totally a big pair <laughs> Though on Instagram, it would be safer because I'm not allowed to show um, boobs or anything like that. So you wouldn't... On Instagram, you don't show boobs? No. No, it's no, no, all... no. On Twitter, you can't. My Twitter feed is dangerous. Right, all right. Don't look at my Twitter feed at work. My Instagram <laughs> feed, it's, it's kind of safe. Yeah. All right, so at Holly Randall, well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank it's you. Been Thanks, Holly. And uh, really we'll see you soon. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I know I certainly did. Remember, if you are on Instagram, follow us at Box and Life. Use the hashtag Box and Life and post a picture of you listening to the podcast somewhere. If it's in your car, if it's wherever you are on the bus, in the gym, post a picture. We want to give select someone and give them a free Box and Life T-shirt. And another thing, if someone reviews us on iTunes and we get a good review on iTunes, it's another way for us to send you a t-shirt. We're getting these great Boxing Life t-shirts made. So review us on iTunes, please, and it will help the show. And also, if you can upload an Instagram picture. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Steve Jobs. I know Holly relates to this. I relate to it. Glenn relates to it. The only way to do great work is to love what you're doing.